0: Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Koan Saluja. Our reading today comes from the 12 and 12, the 12 steps and the 12 traditions, and this comes from step four. Creation gave us instincts for a purpose. Without them, we wouldn't be complete human beings. If men and women didn't exert themselves to be secure in their persons, made no effort to harvest food or construct shelter, there would be no survival. If they didn't reproduce, the earth wouldn't be populated. If there was no social instinct, if men cared nothing for the society of one another, there would be no society. So these desires for the sex relation, for the material and emotional security, and for companionship are perfectly necessary and right, and surely God-given. Yet, these instincts so necessary for our existence often far exceed their proper functions. Powerfully, blindly, many times subtly, they drive us, dominate us, and insist upon ruling our lives. And, you know, just to pause here is just it's saying that, you know, God gave us the sexual security and the society, society instinct for a reason. And, you know, so much of recovery I find is, you know, in right sizing these instincts, you know, and I I find in my personal experience that some I've placed too little value on and others I've placed way too much back to the reading. Yet these instincts so necessary for existence often far exceed their proper functions. Powerfully, blindly, many times subtly, they drive us, dominate us, and insist upon ruling our lives. Our desires for sex, for material and emotional security, and for an important place in society often tyrannize us. When thus out of joint, man's natural disasters cause him great trouble, practically all the trouble there is. No human being, however good, is exempt from these troubles. Nearly every serious emotional problem can be seen as a case of misdirected instinct. When that happens, our great natural assets, the instincts, have turned into physical and mental liabilities, our great natural assets. So it's almost like being a responsible steward of these, you know, instincts. Step four is our vigorous and painstaking effort to discover what these liabilities in each of us have been and are. And I think this is just a brilliant thing of just identifying you know, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Back to the reading. We find, want to find exactly how, when, and where our natural desires have warped us. We wish to look squarely at the unhappiness this has caused others and ourselves. By discovering what our emotional deformities are, we can move toward their correction. Without a willing and persistent effort to do this, there can be little sobriety or contentment for us. Without a searching and fearless moral inventory, most of us have found that the faith, which really works in daily living, is still out of reach. Before tackling the inventory problem in detail, let's have a closer look at what the basic problem is. Simple examples like the following take on a world of meaning when we think about them. Suppose a person places sex desire ahead of everything else. In such a case, this imperious urge can destroy his chances for material and emotional security, as well as his standing in the community. Another may develop such an obsession for financial security that he wants to do nothing but hoard money. Going to the extreme, he can become a miser or even a recluse who denies himself both family and friends. Nor is the quest for security always expressed in terms of money. How frequently we see, you know, that's unbelievable though. Going to the extreme, and that's what addiction is, right? Extreme, I think Andrew Huberman talks about, you know, addiction being the progressive narrowing of pleasure and recovery being the, like, having more activities that bring pleasure. You know, whether it could be movies, companionship, sex... You know, but one, you know, for addiction or, you know, especially if it's a person you trade, you trade all of it, you know, especially your vision. And, you know, I think it's a lot of why people with addiction can stay stuck. Back to the reading. Nor is the quest for security always expressed in terms of money. How frequently we see a frightened human being determined to depend completely upon a stronger person for guidance and protection. This weak one failing to meet life's responsibilities with his own resources never grows up. Disillusionment and helplessness are his lot. In time, all his protectors either flee or die, and he's once more left alone and afraid. We have also seen men and women who go power mad, who devote themselves to attempting to rule their fellows. These people often throw to the winds every chance of legitimate security and a happy family life. Whenever a human being becomes a battleground for the instincts, there can be no peace. But that is not all the danger. Every time a person imposes his instincts unreasonably upon others, unhappiness falls. You know, whether you need the security, the boss is responsible, or the sex, you know, significant other, or, you know, the social, you know, being shunned or getting unconditional positive regard. Back to the reading. If the pursuit of wealth tramples upon people who can happen to be in the way, then anger and jealousy and revenge are likely to be aroused. If sex runs riot, there is a similar uproar. Demands made upon other people for too much attention, protection, and love can only invite domination or revulsion in the protectors themselves, two emotions quite as unhealthy as the demands which evoke them. When an individual's desire for prestige becomes uncontrollable, whether in the sewing circle or at the international conference table, other people suffer and often revolt. This collision of instincts can produce anything from a cold snub to a blazing revolution. In these ways, we are set in conflict not only with ourselves, but with other people who have instincts, too. That concludes today's really powerful reading. Until next time, this is Koan Saluja to pause, because that's where God is.